here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Good weekend. My number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Open borders, a massive expansion of the welfare state. You know, they're both intended to do something, right? They're both intended to destroy the existing economic and constitutional systems. You need to think about this. What's going on here is, in our country today, massive redistribution and wealth transfer. Not from billionaires and multimillionaires, from the upper middle class and middle class to the lower middle class and lower income groups. That's what all these programs are intended to do. Massive redistribution of wealth, wealth transfer. And unfortunately, more and more our elections are about redistribution of wealth. They're not about liberty. They're not about the things that the nation was founded on. They're about redistribution of wealth. So government-centric, bureaucratic, left-wing politicians deciding on who should get and who shouldn't get. Hence the war on capitalism, the war on liberty, the war on competition. Massive taxes proposed and massive power and redistribution. And that's now how the Democrat Party views elections. Empowering itself, empowering itself to redistribute wealth. You're now voting to transfer funds from a stranger to yourself. You're now voting to transfer funds from somebody who earned it to you and your family. This is decadent. This is virtueless. This is a a stake in the heart of our system. And this is what the Democrat Party has become as it pursues power. 
Now, to super hyper, if you will, that whole process, to move it as fast as possible, you open your borders. Wealthy people, highly educated people from other countries, highly skilled people from other countries, whether they're highly educated or wealthy or not, for the most part, don't make up the bulk of the people who are coming into the country illegally. Even the media and the Democrats should agree with this. They tell us these are poor people, these are people in need, these are people this, that, and the other, trying to escape their societies. But don't call them asshole societies, that would be racist. And yet, in essence, that's what they're calling them. And that's what the people escaping them are demonstrating by their own actions. But that's a footnote. So by importing more and more low-skilled, unskilled, illiterate, certainly in English, individuals into the country, including, listen up, people who are not vaccinated, including people who have diseases, not giving a care whatsoever, not even a curiosity on what illnesses they're bringing into the country, turning a blind eye to it all while putting the iron fist in the face of the American citizen, the goal is to pursue these ends. That's why you have groups like Media Matters and Media and the others running interference for this. So what's happening now is the Democrat Party is not only changing the way we vote and trying to nationalize it in order to destroy any integrity in the voting system, which they know benefits them because they're the party of fraud. They just are. Fraud in their policies, fraud in their economics, fraud, period. They want every election now to be an election, a vote on the transfer of funds from one person to their base. And they want to grow their base by growing the massive welfare state. In that way, you can't beat them. Sorry, folks. Let me shut this off. Hold on a second. In that way, you can't beat them. So... You're seeing they're pushing hard for this. Let's stop calling it $3.5 trillion. This $5.5 trillion, it's not an infrastructure bill. It's not a human infrastructure bill. It doesn't improve the situation of the individual human being, their growth, their potential, their opportunities, their wealth. It increases the power of the federal government. It draws more people into the quicksand of the welfare state. The Democrat Party rejects Americanism. It rejects unalienable rights. It rejects constitutionalism. It rejects it all. And by the way, it has for a very, very long time, and so of its intellectuals, so of its media types, all of them, so of these left-wing websites that, that bark on their behalf, they've rejected all. You're standing in the way. This isn't about taxing the wealthy, although they'll grab as many of them as they can. The war is on you. Now, the more people you import from the third world who are poor, who are unskilled or low-skilled, who are illiterate in many cases in their own language, certainly in English, who don't have two dimes to rub together, and don't assimilate them into our culture because the Democrat Party and these American Marxists are destroying our culture. There's nothing to assimilate them into. 
because they want to remake the whole society, the whole economic system, the whole governing system. The more people they can import into this country and hook like a drug onto this massively expanding welfare state, the more they're attacking your liberty, your private property rights, and your unalienable rights. Because it's you who has to fund all this. It's you who have to live in these school systems. It's you who have to deal with the attacks on the cops. It's you who have to deal with all this. It's you. So these elections for that party are now going to always be about the transfer of funds from some stranger to yourself. The transfer of funds from some stranger to yourself. And they are telling the people that if you want to be the beneficiaries of this transfer of funds, you join us, the Democrat Party. We will use the power of government. What the hell's wrong with me today? We will use the power of government to do these things. These Ponzi schemes. These highway robbery schemes. And we're going to call them all kinds of good stuff. Human infrastructure. Are you against people eating? Are you against people having homes? Are you against people this? Are you against people that? And of course, the Democrats don't deliver on any of this. The Democrat Party is older than the Republican Party. What have they delivered on? Wow, look at Social Security. Well, let's, like, let's slow down and take a look. Let me hit the third rail. What kind of program is Social Security today? The trusts have been, have been broken. They stole all the money out of the trusts. If that's okay, why can't you do that in the private sector? If that's compassionate and righteous, why can't you do that in the private sector? You do that in the private sector, you go to prison. So they tell you in your payroll you're going to make a contribution to your own account. And Social Security Administration is such a fraud, it even sends out information about how much you have in your own account. You have nothing in your account. You have IOUs in your account. The Treasury Department has taken every plug nickel out of every Social Security trust fund in every account and has spent it. Medicare, same thing. Almost $300 trillion now in IOUs to entitlement programs for people who have, quote-unquote, a right. They've destroyed them. It's only a matter of time till that presents itself, till that's manifested. It's only a matter of time. This stuff can't go on forever. Well, Mark, it hasn't happened yet, but when it does, it'll be a horrific human collapse. Because people become dependent on You promised me. What else is wrong with Social Security? Well, it's a universal program. So people who don't need Social Security still pay into Social Security. People who do need Social Security have paid into Social Security are getting a pretty good deal right now. But their children are not going to get a good deal at all. And their grandchildren are going to get nothing. Nothing. Just like Medicare. Nothing. So it's what I'm saying. It's one generation versus another. And the politicians do this to us. There is no reason to have open borders, ladies and gentlemen. Why do we need open borders? Why are we inviting people from the third world to come here? Compassion, they say. Compassion. Well, the same people 
We're more than happy to leave 80,000 of our comrades in Afghanistan, hundreds and hundreds of American citizens in Afghanistan. It's not about compassion. The Democrat Party doesn't do things for compassion. It does things for power. Look at who runs that damn thing. Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer, do they look compassionate? These are evil people. Evil. And so they want every election now to be about transferring funds, redistributing funds from that person to this person, from this group to that group. But they must hit the middle class for it to work. They must take from the middle class in order to feed their army of overpaid bureaucrats in Washington and in many capitals out throughout the country. They must hammer the middle class in order to get them to comply with the Internal Revenue Code. They must hammer the middle class because the great middle class, the masses, were created out of the Industrial Revolution. So it's war on the Industrial Revolution. It's war on our economic system. So you must make the middle class pay a price unless they switch sides. Wouldn't it be better to get benefits than to have money taken from you to pay the benefits? So voting is now not about who's a better leader, that's for sure. Not about strengthening the republic, that's for sure. Not about upholding the constitution and on and on and on. Voting now is about redistribution of wealth, wealth transfers, fund transfers. Comes down to brass tax. And how they do polls. Would you like free health care? Absolutely. Now ask them if they should pay for it. Absolutely not. And of course, they have their foil. The rich, the rich, the rich. Well, one day the rich will be people who have anything, as opposed to nothing. Like in the Cambodian rice fields. You have two baskets of rice. I have one basket of rice. You're rich. I want your basket. You think I'm kidding? Or take that illustration anywhere in any radical, aggressive autocracy. You'll see the same thing. Rather than talk about individual opportunity, creating the environment for people to be free and mobile, to seek their own opportunities, to have free will and so forth, the Democrats never talk about that. They talk like every autocratic, demagogic, strong man and strong woman the world has ever known. You have to trash people. You have to create categories of people, whether it's race, whether it's wealth, whatever it is. And you have to keep beating them to death with the big lie over and over and over again. And if people don't agree, you need to start censoring them. You need to start preventing them from their, opinion, from their opinions being heard. Republicans will never win if elections come down to this. And so the Democrat Party is changing the citizenry. The Democrat Party is changing the, the rules of the game. The Democrat Party is in pursuit of absolute centralized iron-fisted power. They want to crush any competition, whether it's competition of ideas, economic competition, or political competition. That's what's at stake right now. That's not what's being discussed on cable or network or radio or anywhere else. That's exactly what's taking place this week on Capitol Hill. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. What's happening here is immigration is becoming a program for dependence. That people who want to come to the United States, as a result of a few Supreme Court decisions, will get free public education. They will get free emergency medical care. And as the Democrats continue to expand health care for non-citizens, they will get even more expanded health care. You have some reporters for Fox who've talked to a number of the Haitians and others who come to the border and have crossed the border, and they say, why have you come here? Because we need health care, because we're poor, we need X, Y, Z, and so forth and so on. Even though many of the defenders say they need to come here from liberty to escape tyranny and that sort of thing, many of the people coming here are coming for the welfare state. I told you last week the reports were that most of the Haitians, Haitians who came here with 12,000 or more released into our country, 12,000 or more released into our country came from Chile where they were already refugees. So they weren't escaping anything. But they know the American welfare state is more generous. I'm not just talking about Haitians, by the way. I'm talking about anybody. Um, And uh, that's happening. The word's gotten out to the rest of the world, every corner of the world. And so this will clearly destroy our country. The same party that is responsible for that is massively expanding the welfare state and then attacking people who actually pay taxes for everything. You. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. He's driving the media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. You know, in the heart of some of the most uh, extensive immigration to the United States over 100 years ago, if anybody had ever been interviewed who wanted to come in America and say, I want to use your health care system or whatever it was, they would not have been allowed to come into the country. Because the standards have been completely eviscerated. The standards are, what can that individual contribute to this nation? Are they going to be a drag? Or are they going to be a contributor? 
today that question is not asked or even considered. Period. Immigration was always about what contributions foreigners can make to the United States and how many should come and from where should they come. Today, again, those questions are not asked and they're not to be asked. And I would challenge anybody to tell me any nation, any nation that can or has survived without borders. Name one, just one. There's not a single nation on the face of the earth that's doing this. None. Some of the European nations did it, but now they're tightening up. And they will pay a price and have paid a price. But not to the extent of America. We have more people coming into this country than any country on the face of the earth, year after year after year after year. While the American Marxists within our country are teaching propaganda about how awful the country is. And so you wind up with second generation Individuals like Joy Reid or Omar or Talib, in Omar's case, first generation, who come to the country and then hate the country. Come to the country and then hate the country. This is how it happens. This is why it happens. Now, this is Biden, August 31, 2007. August 31, 2007, 14 short years ago. He's in Iowa, and he says the following. Cut 23, go. What do I think about the control of our borders? What would I do about it? Ladies and gentlemen, no great country can say it is secure without being able to control its borders, period. What I would do about it is what I proposed to do about it almost 13 years ago. I would radically ramp up the number of border security guards we have, the use of electronic surveillance material we have to guard the border, and a number of what they call virtual fences. They're not literally fences. Virtual fences from aerostat balloons on to where we, whereby we could control the border. Much, much better. So he was a quote-unquote restrictionist, a white supremacist nationalist. Now, securing the border has nothing to do with all these character assassins out there attacking people. You look throughout the history of mankind, you always have character assassins of the sort you see at Media Matters and elsewhere. New York Post, excuse me, Washington Post, New York Times. There's always been character assassins. And they are the hemorrhoids of history. If they're remembered at all, that's how they're remembered. And one other thing, the late, great Russell Kirk, a major conservative thinker and historian, he explained in his book, Conservative Mind, from Burke to Elliot, and that book was uh, published 1953. And this is in my book, Rediscovering Americanism. I would argue that the three most important books I ever wrote, American Marxism, Liberty and Tyranny, and Rediscovering Americanism. Rediscovering Americanism being the heaviest. And he explained in his book, and I quote, Liberty, in short, cannot be discussed in the abstract, as if it were totally independent of public virtue and the framework of institutions. John Adams' knowledge that freedom is a delicate plant, that even watering it with the blood of martyrs is dubious nutriment, 
impels him to outline a practical system for liberty under law. Liberty must be under law. There is no satisfactory alternative. Liberty without law endures so long as a lamb among wolves. Even the compass of civil laws does not sufficiently hedge liberty about. Under cover of the best laws imaginable, freedom may still be infringed if virtue is lacking. Damn near every founding father said you cannot have liberty without virtue. Kirk says, what sort of government then will stimulate the indispensable private and public virtue comprehended in the golden rule? And the answer, of course, is a constitutional republic. That's all. So there must be a legal order informed by a moral order if the individual is to flourish. If the individual is to flourish. So when you have people even today saying, we're going to spend $3.5 trillion, which is 5.5, and it's all paid for. It won't cost you anything. When you have pathological, systemic liars... I don't believe that's defined as virtue. When people who literally play with the books, like a, like a massive Ponzi scheme the world has never seen before, human beings have never seen before, that's not virtuous. When you have open borders and say the border is secure, that's not virtuous. When you're teaching critical racism theory to our elementary school and high school kids, and then say you're not, that's not virtuous. When you're trying to change our voting system to have a one-party state, in effect, and to have voting not on leadership qualities and so forth and so on, but on who can give me more and steal more from the other guy, that's not virtue. When you're trying to pack the Supreme Court, pack the Senate, destroy the bumper system that protects us from rogue and tyrannical elements like the filibuster rule, like the electoral college. That's not virtuous. So the media, these American Marxists, lack virtue. And they don't care. Because they are fanatics, they're zealots. That's what they are. I'll be right back. think about the control of our borders, what would I do about it? Ladies and gentlemen, no great country can say it is secure without being able to control its borders. Period. What I would do about it is what I proposed to do about it almost 13 years ago. I would radically ramp up the number of border security guards we have the use of electronic surveillance material we have to guard the border, and the number of what they call virtual fences. They're not literally fences. Virtual fences from aerostat balloons on to where we, whereby we can control the border. Much, much better. Yeah, he, he, doesn't he sound even stupid there? It's stupid, stupid, man. But all that said, 
All that said, totally different position 14 years later. Same with the entire Democrat Party. They've decided to change their constituency, change their base. That's what they've done. And you're required to go along with them. Now let's talk about this bill that's up there that we don't even have yet. $5.5 trillion. And notice how the media keep lying that it's $3.5 trillion because that's what the Democrats say, so that's what they'll say. Here's Pelosi on ABC this week. Cut one, go. Well, Chuck Schumer and I and Secretary Yellen the other day came forward in a press event and said that we had reached a framework of agreement. People said, well, what are the specific? Well, we'll see what we need. We'll see how the numbers... Okay, so they want to vote on this Thursday. Today is Monday, and we'll see what we need. So if they get a deal among themselves, they'll immediately put it on the fast track, push it out, get it to the Senate, push it out. Members will have... 24, 48 hours to read it. You'll have no time to read it. They'll pass it. And this is what Bernie Sanders calls we the people. Go ahead. ...down and what we need in that regard. But we have agreed on an array of, of pay-fors in the legislation. The, this will be paid for. Okay, so-, so folks. I don't know how this... This disgusting evil, endlessly lying human being can sleep at night. I don't know how she does it. I really don't. I don't know how she does it. It's not paid for. It'll never be paid for. But that's the propaganda now. Jen Psaki, they're online, the White House briefing today. Cut to go. There's not disagreement about the fundamentals of what we're trying to achieve. And there is agreement that we need to... Which is cradle to grave, what they're trying to achieve. Go ahead. Climate crisis, that we need to cut costs for child care, for college, uh, that we need to... No, we don't. No, we don't. I'll be the one that says no. No, you want child care, you pay for child care. You want children, they're your responsibility. They're not my responsibility. I had children. We took care of our children. I didn't ask for anything. I wasn't born this way. I made myself into what I am, like everybody listening to this program. You want children? Take care of your children. Go ahead. Easier for women to rejoin the workforce. We need to rebuild and Easier modern- for women to rejoin the... This is really precious coming from you, you jerk. This administration has its head collectively so far up that you know what, that took us to the teachers' union... And many of these women couldn't go to work because of the way that the unions and the others were treating education. They had to stay home. But don't worry. They'll spend a few trillion dollars and that'll fix it. Go ahead. Infrastructure. So there's not... There's agreement on that. There's a basic uh, discussion that needs to happen or is ongoing. Uh, We're right in the weeds of it now on what the size of the package looks like. But I will also note, uh, and we've done this a little bit over the past couple days, but that this package, the reconciliation package, would cost zero dollars. This is the big lie, and there's so many big lies. So $5.5 trillion in spending costs nothing. $5.5 $5.5 trillion in spend. And by the way, you know what comes after the $5.5 trillion? They have a proposed $6 trillion budget, which is over a trillion dollars more than the prior budget. 
5.5 plus 6, plus 1.2 on the bipartisan one. 5.5 plus 6, that's 11.5 trillion. Now we're talking about 12.7 trillion, all told in just a six to eight month period. 12.7 trillion. They already spent 2.3 trillion when Biden came in. That's 15 trillion. 15 trillion damn dollars? That's what they want to spend and pass in less than a year? But don't worry, it's not going to cost you a thing. And of course, inflation's temporary. Are you as insane as they are? Of course not. But their supporters are. Yes, I want free stuff. Take it from that bastard and give it to me. But you didn't earn it. I don't care. Did you hear that number? Fifteen trillion. Now, if that doesn't kill us, I don't know what will. And it's filled with all this social engineering. Filled with all this Marxist claptrap, all this racism, all this genderism. Filled with punitive attacks on successful people. You don't have to be a billionaire, even a multimillionaire. Punitive attacks on small business and capitalism. A war on fossil fuels, for God's sakes. And now even the reporters, George Stephanopoulos is the solution paying for it, a carbon tax. He even talks like an idiot from the IRS. A carbon tax. Do you know what a carbon tax is? Everybody breathe in. Now breathe out. That's carbon dioxide. What do they mean a carbon tax? It's time to get pissed off. It's time to get pissed off. These white papers, these proper discussions, these people are fanatics. They do not have any authority under our constitutional system to be doing most of this. None. I don't give a damn what the U.S. Supreme Court said over the last 80 years. They do not have the authority to screw with your life, to screw with your livelihood, to screw with your private property. What the hell do you think America was founded on in the first place? No, I'm not going to get a heart attack. My blood couldn't be flowing any better. My God. The hell's happening to our country. They don't like trickle-down economics. That's the phrase they gave for Reaganomics. The greatest sustained economic growth in American history. Where more people came out of poverty, where more people entered the so-called middle class than ever before in American history, followed a few decades later by a tremendous bolt to the economy under the Trump tax cuts. If you could spend yourself into wealth, North Korea would be the richest damn country on the face of the earth. I'm sick and damn tired of it. Even this damn state, Virginia, taxing the hell out. You think I'm going to stay here? You think I'm going to stay here and let these bastards take my money? I'll be right back. 
here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So the, the Marxist propagandists go out full bore on the Sunday shows from this Pramila Jayapal, a real reprobate. And then you even have, uh, listen to this one. This is the Washington Compost. This is Catherine Rampell, the Washington Compost. What a pathetically stupid rag the Washington Compost is, truly. And what a bunch of low IQ activists they hire. Like Catherine Rampell. And then Brian Stelter interviews her. Brian Stelter has disgraced himself. He came to be on comedy TV. He's so stupid and unfunny. Cut four, go. And why is the number misleading? Why is that 3.5 trillion figure misleading? Because it doesn't really represent anything. Um, it's this weird shorthand that's been used, but in fact, the bill itself will not cost $3.5 trillion in the sense that it will be entirely or at least partly paid for. So the actual- Why do we have a media in this country? We don't need a media. What side of the microphone is she on? She's such a moron. She takes the lies that she's handed by Biden and the other low IQ people in the administration, and regurgitates them. That's all. Trillions and trillions of dollars, ladies and gentlemen. It's like the tooth fairy. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Now, the Wall Street Journal, a couple months back, explained exactly what's going on here. They said the budget resolution fact sheet Democrats circulated includes only a bare-bones description of the bill's major programs for tax credits, new entitlements, health care, climate, and housing. Some categories include this revealing caveat, quote, the duration of each program's enhancement will be determined based on scoring and committee input, unquote. That's Washington speak for admitting the budget will be built on phony assumptions and gimmicks. Democrats know their proposed tax hikes and dubious pay-fors will not come close to fully funding, quote, every major program that President Biden has asked us for, unquote, as Schumer claimed. Their plan is to include every program but start small and pretend they're temporary. This will let them skirt the budget reconciliation rule that spending cannot add to the deficit outside a 10-year budget window without triggering the 60-vote threshold to pass the filibuster rule. So even in this, they play with the books, they play with the numbers, they're righteous and compassionate rather than Ponzi schemers that should go to prison. Every one of these bastards should go to prison. The Nonprofit Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget examined the budget outline, released a more honest, this is back in July, analysis of the bill's cost. It estimate is based on Joe Biden's fiscal 2022 budget proposal, and legislation that Democrats have already proposed that will fill in the budget blanks later this year. Assuming the major provisions will be made permanent and continue through the 10-year budget window, the group says, quote, the policies under consideration could be between $5 trillion and $5.5 trillion over a decade. This is why I keep saying we're talking about $5.5 trillion. 
One example, in their March COVID bill, Democrats increased the child tax credit from one year to $3,600 for children under age 6 and $3,000 for ages 16 to 17. Democrats not want to extend it further. And Mr. Biden's budget claims it would run through 2025 at a cost of $436 billion. This was temporary because of the virus. Nothing's temporary in government. Got it? Nothing. Particularly tyranny. But Democrats are already broadcasting their plan to make it permanent in 2025 with the Independent Budget Committee estimates would cost $1.1 trillion over 10 years. 2% of the U.S. GDP. Democrats are giving themselves similar so-called sunset options for their expansion. So they're claiming programs will end when they intend to expand them. The earned income tax credit. It depend, you know what that is? That is, it's not earned. That is a tax credit that goes to people who don't pay taxes. And so, of course, they call it the earned income tax credit, even though it's not earned. The dependent care tax credit. Their major new health and home care programs and new entitlements for child care, college, family leave. The nonprofit committee also estimates the cost of provisions that aren't in Mr. Biden's budget, but Democrats say they'll add to the reconciliation bill. $370 billion of new spending for dental, hearing, and vision benefits in Medicare. $300 billion to close the Medicaid so-called coverage gap in some states. Add a few uh, cats and dogs, such as increase in the size of state and local tax deductions. And wow, $5.5 trillion. Just snap your fingers, there it is. But it's not costing anybody anything. It's nothing. Sick. Absolutely sick. And because we do not have a free media in this country. Uh, the American people, for the most part, unless you listen to me and maybe, maybe some others, you don't have the facts. All right, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. I'm still perplexed. If you're vaccinated and somebody else isn't vaccinated, why are you bothered by that? Now, I know all the arguments because I can still get the, the virus or a variant of the virus or they can give it to somebody else. Well, if they give it to somebody else, it's going to be another person who's unvaccinated. Okay, that's up to them. The vaccines are cheap. They're available. Yeah, they're zero. They don't cost you anything. We're going to browbeat people. You know what Biden said today? We won't be fully vaccinated until 98% of the people are vaccinated. Well, 98% of the people are not going to be vaccinated. And I keep asking the same question. Others have now repeated it, but I want to keep asking it, which is this. People who've gotten this virus have natural immunity through the antibodies. They don't need to be vaccinated according to the science. And the greatest study done, a massive study, was done by the Israelis. But then I took a look at something else. It's about five weeks old, but that's, sometimes that's the best data you can get. Look at some of the numbers. And this is at the uh, desert.com site. Do people die from COVID after getting the COVID-19 vaccine? New data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention suggests 99.999% of people who were fully vaccinated against the virus did not have a severe breakthrough case that led to hospitalization or death. This was according to CNN. According to the CDC, more than 166 million people have been fully vaccinated. It's now over 
170 million. It's 76% of the population that is capable of being vaccinated. The new data suggests 1,507 people, now this is uh, in August, or about 0.0001% of those fully vaccinated people died from getting the COVID-19. Meanwhile, 7,101 people of those fully vaccinated people, or 0.005%, were hospitalized for COVID-19. And almost none of them died because of the therapeutics that are available. According to the CDC, most of the severe breakthrough cases, about 74% of the tiny, 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 tiny percentage, have been among seniors who were 65 years or older, reports CNN. About 20% of the people who died from COVID-19 after a breakthrough case died from something other than COVID-19, though they had a breakthrough case when they died, according to CNN. And that's always very murky in terms of breaking out the numbers. And so this, this is accurate back to August, because that's what I have. So all this stuff about mandates, which came on the heels of the disaster that Biden had in Afghanistan. Remember, that's when he did it, Mr. Producer, in America? That's when he announced he was putting in place mandates and OSHA and all the rest of it. Remember that, folks? The science does not support this. If the science supported it, I would tell you. I have no reason not to tell you. It doesn't support what Biden is demanding. It doesn't support what Decamio is demanding. It doesn't support what Newsom is demanding. It doesn't support it. It doesn't support it. Period. But you hear people who, who just accept what the government says. Folks, Joe Biden has done nothing Nothing to add to our arsenal of medicines to fight this virus. Nothing. He hasn't announced an Operation Warp Speed. He hasn't put anybody in charge. Nothing. He keeps saying, when I came into office, only four people were vaccinated. It's because the vaccines had just come out. More of the lies and the lack of virtue. Just lie over and over and over again. This is why people like me say, talk to your doctor, your personal doctor. Get the facts from your own doctor. And if you want my opinion, if you don't have some kind of underlying malady, then get vaccinated. But I've said over and over again, there's a difference between supporting vaccinations and supporting tyranny. There's a big difference. People who are unvaccinated, if they have to be that situation because of underlying maladies, well, why would they get vaccinated if it could harm their health? And if you've already had this, this vile virus and you have natural immunity, why would you get vaccinated? If you don't want to get vaccinated, why do I care? And I'll say it again. So what percentage of the population is it? What percentage? When you add the vaccinated to those with natural immunity, to those who can't take the vaccine because of a malady, what percentage of the population are we actually talking about? Nobody will tell us. Nobody. Nobody. I would ask these corporate executives and CEOs, 
that are mandating on all their people in their companies. Do you have a number? What's the number? Chairman, CEO, chairwoman, what's the number? There is no number. Because I have a feeling, and I've said this now how many weeks? That it's much, much smaller than they're letting on. Much, much smaller than they're letting on. And I also said the other day, just to underscore it, what Biden wants to be able to say is, I know all these people are dying, you know. All these people died on my watch, but even though we had three vaccines and therapeutics that, that we didn't have much of, we had some of it, not vaccines, but therapeutics on Trump's watch, he had to, he had to reinvent the world. Biden's just taken from the, uh, from the frosting on the cake. And still he's a fallop. It doesn't mean people aren't dying from this virus. Of course they're dying from the virus. I'm just giving you the, some of the, the, the basic statistical information that we draw from the CDC and CNN. So we know it's got to be true. It's got to be true. But ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> the corporatists that run the NBA, Major League Baseball, the corporatists that run broadcasting companies, the corporatists that run whatever they run, they don't believe in the science. They don't even believe in knowledge. It's a pack mentality. It's a groupthink thing. That's all. That's all. They don't want to be criticized. They want to be part of the crowd, part of the tyrannical, iron-fisted crowd. It's just easier that way. It's easier. If you're headquartered in New York, you're headquartered in California, you're headquartered in one of these, say, just go along, my God, we just don't want the trouble. Beat the crap out of your employees. I don't care if they're nurses or doctors or emergency personnel. Let them, let them quit. Law enforcement, go, go, go. We'll just call in the National Guard. Now, we won't call in the National Guard to protect our citizens, to protect our cities from Black Lives Matter and Antifa and arson and looting and beating and killing. No, 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 no. No, we can't do that. Ask General Milley, and I'm going to get to him in a minute. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. Joe Biden got a booster shot today. I think he needs a rabies shot, don't you, Mr. Producer? Sits there, rolls up his sleeve. I thought to myself, God, is he... He, he's, he's, he's shriveling before our eyes. Shriveling before. So he thinks by him there, rolling up a sleeve and getting a shot, people are going to say, oh, well, look, if Joe Biden's going to do it, I'm going to do it. That is another, another sick mind. It really is. Standing there, he's going to get a shot in his arm. Our General Milley's going to testify uh, tomorrow, but he's not really going to testify. He's going to go up there. He's going to pretend he's Oliver North. He's going to be Mr. Tough Guy. He's actually quite a stupid man, in my view, because he keeps leaking information about how smart he is to the Washington Compost and how many books he has. But he will be remembered for the failed general that he is, and he's a failed, failed general. He will be testifying as American citizens remain behind enemy lines, as Afghan patriots who fought with us, up to 80,000 of them remain behind enemy lines, all the clowns in the media, among others, talking about, oh, the Taliban 2.0, 2.0, how stupid are these people? 
They conspired to hit us on 9-11. What do you mean 2.0? Here we got to listen to this bullcrap day in and day out. So let me tell you what's going on tonight as I speak. The Democrat propagandists and cabal who hate America. It's not, you know, they say, no, it's a battle between the progressives and the moderate. Look how they talk about stuff. No, it's a battle between the Marxists and the weasels in the Democrat Party. The Marxists and the weasels. Like this Gottsheimer. Is, what, is that his name? Gottheimer. Wasn't that a song? Remember that song? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, yes, it was a song, but I don't know if it was Gottheimer. Gottheimer. You know, I'm a moderate. No, you're not, you jerk. No, you're not, you jerk. It's about time people in Bergen County, New Jersey, and environs wake the hell up. Guy's a weasel. It's a, it's a battle between the out-of-the-closet Marxists and the weasels. No, no, I'm a moderate. Voted down the line with Eva Pelosi, bringing the San Francisco agenda to Bergen County, New Jersey. Congratulations. And he's not the only jerk. And I hope they all get their asses kicked in the midterm elections. You watch how they'll move to, listen, I'm part of the can-do committee that, well, we can do, we can do it, you know. If it wasn't for me, you know. Anyway, so uh, this is how they campaign. But I read that there's five to ten repubics who may go along with this stuff. Did you read that, Mr. Producer? It was in a piece by Axios, and we know Axios, Politico, they never lie. Five to ten repubics may go along. Well, next time any, uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy's people contact us, Mr. Producer, would you ask them if that's correct and who they are? And while all this is going on, while the American Marxist movement has coalesced, while they intend to use their barest, the bare majority to destroy our country... There's Liz Cheney on 60 Minutes. Oh, my God, she's always wanted to be on 60 Minutes. Oh, she's always wanted to be in the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes. I think Daddy and Mommy are very proud of her. There's George W. Bush. He's going to do a fundraiser for her with his sidekick, what's-his-face, with a whiteboard. And so more on that. I'll be right back. Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Now, you all know that when you spend $5.5 trillion, uh, it is spending money, right? So why are the Democrats and the media saying it's not spending money? Let me tell you what else this is going to do. It's going to destroy the currency, which means whatever you earn is worthless, which means the money you've put aside in stocks, in a mutual fund, IRA, KO, whatever, 401k, maybe you have a pension with your company, or worthless. Worthless. You know, a long time ago, we did away with bartering, so we have currency. So if you effectively print so many dollars, and just think about it, we've never done anything like this, it's so bad. Well, then dollars become meaningless. Look, I earned $150,000. Aren't you proud of me? 
No, because it's worth $12,000 today. The whole mindset, the whole culture, the whole attitude is being destroyed. You're getting a tiny little taste of this. Do you see how much it costs to fill up your car? Do you see shortages developing in the supply chain? Ask any trucker. They'll tell you what's going on. You can see it yourself. Go to the grocery store. You know, we're the most advanced society on the face of the earth. Not because of government. Because limited government. Because of you, the individual, and freedom. And more and more, I've said this to members of my family, I feel like we're becoming the third world. What do you mean supply chain shortages? What do you mean restaurants can't hire people? What do you mean people have children and they expect somebody else to raise them through these, through these, uh, these, these corporate nursery schools or whatever the hell they're called? Child care. What do you mean you need three months off? Because somebody doesn't feel well in your family, or maybe you don't feel well. Paid leave. What do you mean we're going to expand Medicare, reduce the age to 60, and then pretend that it's solvent? I mean, you really have to be delusional to embrace this stuff. And they are. But it doesn't matter. I know why the Democrats are doing it. They want power. Why would anyone go along with it? Because they want freebies. But freebies eventually come at a price, and that's what... The takers, the people on the dole, the people who are subsidized just don't get. Because one day the bottom falls out and they're in the bottom. Meanwhile, while we're facing this menace, it's right on our doorsteps. Bush and Cheney are out to destroy Trump and his supporters. They're saboteurs. They're saboteurs. And I tell you this because John Wood, who worked with Bush 43, Bush 43 will be the senior investigative counsel for the January 6th Select Committee and of counsel to the vice chair, who is Liz Cheney. And he most recently was at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Another failed organization. He'll serve as the panel's senior investigative counsel and of counsel to Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Do you know why the Cheneys and the Bushes are involved in all this stuff, folks? It's not because they give a damn about the Capitol building. It's because they want to make sure that their control of the Republican Party is retained. That we cannot tolerate any longer these these outsiders who dare to take over, you know, the Bush family is sort of a mainstay of the elitist repubes. And of course the Cheneys too. Cheneys go way back to Nixon. The Bushes go way back to Nixon. Bushes even go further back than that to the senatorial days of his father. In the case of George W.'s grandfather. And we can't have that disrupted. So... We're going to be subpoenaing stuff. We're going to be the good little servants of Pelosi, the good little servants of the chairman of the committee who now apparently Liz Cheney is buddies with. Buddies, of course. They disgrace themselves. We've got criminal investigations. We've got the Biden administration and their political uh, attorney general. They're all over this stuff. 
including abusing people's rights and so forth. Even some of the judges have raised eyebrows and so forth. So the whole criminal side is this, no, 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 we need to investigate. I wouldn't give them a damn thing under any subpoenaed document. And I'd fight them on a number of grounds. First of all, Congress's job is not to conduct a criminal investigation. But we're not. There's a legislative purpose. Number two, the committee was not formed properly. The Speaker of the House is not the House of Representatives. And since half of the House pretty much didn't even get to participate in the process and wanted to participate in the process and their members were rejected, that this is a rogue operation. Completely rogue operation. When it comes to members of Congress, like they want to subpoena McCarthy and the other members of Congress and so forth, there's clearly constitutional problems with this. I've taken a good look at it myself. There's the speech and debate clause, among many other arguments. So I would drag them through the dirt, drag them through the courts, get it into the next election cycle, and then deal with the whole thing that way. But this is what Liz Cheney is focused on. This is what the Cheney family, the Bush family, are all focused on. While the country's crumbling, you know, George W. Bush, one of his best friends now is Michelle Obama. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Must be nice to be on the ranch in Waco, uh, Waco, Texas. On the Waco farm in Waco, Texas, what I was trying to say. I've always liked George W. Bush. I met him a few times. Very, very nice. Certainly not the brightest president I've ever met, but a very, very nice guy. Seemed to have a lot of common sense, but here, not really. All the years in Obama and his destructive conduct and behavior, he never said a word, because he's buddies with Michelle. You know how it works. Biden, he barely said anything terrible about what Biden was doing in Afghanistan. It was all very careful. Then comes along 9-11. Really, almost a, a, a... religious event in this country, and he uses it for political purposes, to attack Trump and his supporters. Then later he said, I didn't really mean to. Of course you did. And then there's Liz Cheney, hiring John Wood, who worked for George H.W. Bush. He's going to be the senior investigative counsel. What's he going to investigate? One wonders, doesn't one? Tell me, John Wood, uh, would you try and contact John Wood, Mr. Producer, see if he'll come on the program? Quite serious. I wonder if they're going to expand their subpoenas to include Pelosi. Will there be a single Democrat who will be subpoenaed? Just one. Any? About what they did or didn't do when it came to security for the building prior to January 6th? I doubt it. That's not her mission. Besides, Pelosi wouldn't like that. She works for Pelosi now. So John Wood will be the senior investigative counsel on the January 6th Select Committee. Don't you like it? It's a select committee. Who selected it? Pelosi. When Leader McCarthy tried to select some members, they were banned. And I think that's another, as I said, reason to attack this in the court. And one of the things I would say that one party effectively is using it for political purposes, it's an abuse of taxpayer funds, regardless of what Cheney and Kingsinger are doing. Lapdogs. There she is on 60 Minutes. You see, she puts country before party, ladies and gentlemen. She puts country before party. You don't, obviously. You put party before country because you're also in love with the Republican Party, not the country, apparently. Isn't that the irony? 
she is the birth child of the Republican Party. She's the birth child of the Republican establishment, she and others. The marriage of the Bush-Cheney family, that's how she got her politics. And the funny thing is, it's Donald Trump who's not a birth child of the Republican Party. He really is an independent. He really does put country before party. Unlike all the alliances that Lynn Cheney has of all the Republican establishment types, right? He puts country before party. I don't believe Lynn Cheney does. In fact, I would argue Lynn Cheney puts Lynn Cheney before everything else. You know, you could even take Lynn Cheney's position and stop slobbering all over the media that hated your father, hated the Bush administration, hated Reagan, hated our policies and so forth. You don't have to give aid and comfort to a corrupt, hardcore left media, but that's exactly what she's doing. Again, she could take her position without doing that, but she didn't and isn't. So this is the, the spectacle, if you will, of the Bush-Cheney clan trying to use the occasion of the Pelosi Select Committee to do as much damage to Trump, Trump supporters, and quite frankly, uh, a significant percentage of conservatives in this country. That's what she's doing. And running around in the corrupt propaganda media uh, in her self-serving uh, pronouncements. As I say, she can do this quietly. But she's not. And then she brings in a Bushy. You know, the Bush 43 guy. John Ward. Oh, not John Ward. I don't know who the hell he is, but you understand. I'll be right back. Mark in. One step after New York City Democrats seek to give voting rights to nearly one million non-citizens, our friends at Breitbart, right? Why not? It's just a matter of time. California wants illegal aliens to be able to be appointed to various committees or even get elected to the city councils. You see? Virtue. When you lack virtue, you kill your country. When a group like Black Lives Matter that is anti-Semitic and promotes the overthrow of the country and is a Marxist-run organization and a violent organization is treated with celebrity, country's failing. When the FBI doesn't get to the bottom of Antifa, which has caused enormous damage and unbelievable number of assaults, the country's failing. There have been people who, before I, who have said that it's time to abandon the FBI, time to close it down. I do think we need a federal bureau because of all the interstate crime that takes place. But I wouldn't have a problem with replacing it now. I would not have a problem with replacing it now. But you see, here's the problem. If we do replace the FBI, the Democrat Party remains. And when you really think of it, the Democrat Party is the center of most evil in this country when it comes to the use of government against the citizen. It's the home of American Marxism for the most part. 
Oh, and I might to, I meant to mention to you that this book keeps chugging along <laughs> because of you. It just keeps chugging along, 20,000, 25,000, 30,000 a week and so forth. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. This is the gossip book like Woodward and Dopey. This isn't a, a novel about sex. This is a, a substantive book. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. I don't believe I've ever said this on the air, Rich, but who knows? If I did, it was only once. When I finish this book, and when I finish a book, it's after months and months and months of research and thinking and writing and rewriting and so forth. I finished it. I put a big rubber band around to send into my publisher, my editor, the wonderful Natasha. And I said to my wife, who had read most of it by that time, I don't know how well this book's going to do. She said, why? Because it's like nothing I've ever written before. It's heavy scholarship, but on the other hand, I explain it all in ways that I haven't really approached a book before, and then at the very end, it's about activism. So the book is a mix. She said, this book's going to do great. But, you know, that's your wife. You expect your wife to say that, right? She said, no, no, it's true. I said, I don't know. I said, I sure as hell hope so, because we need to turn the corner in this country. Little did I know that thanks to you, we'd sell over a million copies in all formats in two and a half months. And that it would just keep chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. I think many of you who have purchased the book are purchasing additional copies after you've read it to give the neighbors and family members and friends, particularly college students and high school students and others, to have a little stack to to give out when you get together. This has been very, very important for spreading the word. Remember what I said early on with Thomas Paine and his pamphlets, and there were other pamphleteers. The written word has a greater impact than almost the rest of the media because it lasts. It goes on and on and on. And I think a lot of you have taken that to heart and have become, in turn, the Paul Revere's to spread the word. So I want to continue to thank you for your continued focus because this is the movement that's going to save America, the anti-American Marxist movement. You. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 one we had a lib on the line. He hung up in about two minutes because, you know, media gratification. Too bad. We don't get many of them anymore, do we? They're like the duckbill platypus, you know, very hard to find them. I mean, they're all over the damn place, but they don't call in. I don't know what they're afraid of. New York Slimes, 
on the 25th. What's today's date? 27th. Saturday. Among those who marched in the Capitol on January 6th, you probably heard this by now, but you haven't heard from me. An FBI informant. Have you noticed the FBI informants in the middle of all this stuff? Whether it's uh, the Whitmer situation and uh, quote-unquote kidnapping in Michigan, it looks like the FBI was behind it. And the chief FBI special agent in charge turns out to be a sleazeball who's under arrest for something, beating his wife. I don't remember. But they were involved in that too. The FBI was involved in Russia collusion. That's what I mean. And now the FBI, January 6th. And why do we have to wait till now to find out about this? I'm sure Liz Cheney's all worked up about it. By the way, she's reversed course on gay marriage, and she says she was wrong about it. Um, I don't even know why she brought it up. Does anybody know why she brought it up? I have no idea. Uh, let us continue. A member of the far-right Proud Boys, how, they notice they never say the Marxist Black Lives Matter group, and yet they are Marxists. Texted his FBI handler during the assault, but maintained the group had no plan in advance to enter the Capitol and disrupt the election certification. All right, let's deal with some of this and try and ravel some of it. As scores of Proud Boys made their way, chanting and shouting toward the Capitol on January 6th, one member of the far-right group was busy texting a real-time account of the march. The recipient was his FBI handler. In the middle of an unfolding melee that shook a pillar of American democracy, what was that? Was that when uh, the Capitol building was blown up by Bill Ayers and his buddies? Was it when the, the Puerto Rican separatists attacked the Capitol building? Was it when three Democrat presidents did everything they could to pardon domestic terrorists? No, 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 no. It was January 6th. Oh, okay. just want to make sure I understand. Let's see, in the middle of an unfolding melee that shook a pillar of American democracy, the peaceful transfer of power of the Bureau had an informant in the crowd, providing an inside glimpse of the action, according to confidential records obtained by the New York Slimes. Okay, so every defense lawyer now, every single one, should be deposing that informant. And if the government didn't make the defendants aware of the informant, That may be, I didn't say it is, but that may be a cause to challenge any plea deal that may have been entered into. In the informant's version of events, the Proud Boys, famous for their street fights, were largely following a pro-Trump mob. A pro-Trump mob? Hundreds of thousands of pro... It's hard to get through this. The pro-Third Reich New York Times, the pro-Stalin New York Times, the pro-Castro New York Times, they can't even write a straight news story, but they never could. They were largely following a pro-Trump mob consumed by a herd mentality rather than carrying out any type of pre-planned attack. All right, even reading through that, all this talk about these planned attacks, these conspiracies, the insurrection, how do you have an insurrection that's not pre-planned? And the, and the irony is lost on the New York Times. After meeting his fellow Proud Boys at the Washington Monument that morning, the informant described his path to the Capitol grounds where he saw barriers knocked down and Trump supporters streaming into the building, and records, as records show. At one point, his handler appeared not to grasp that the building had been breached. 
the record show, and asked the informant to keep him in the loop, especially if there was any violence. The use of informants always presents law enforcement officials with difficulties about the credibility and completeness of the information they provide. In this case, the records obtained by the slimes do not directly address whether the informant was in a good position to know about plans developed for January 6th by the leadership of the Proud Boys, why he was cooperating, whether he could have missed indications of a plot, or whether he could have deliberately misled the government. Okay. That's not reporting, that's not news. Those are hypotheticals that have nothing to do with anything. But the records and information from too familiar with the matter suggest that federal law enforcement had a greater, far greater visibility into the assault on the Capitol, even as it was taking place, than was previously known. So the prior paragraph was intended to take the edge off this, but they couldn't ignore it. At the same time, the new information is likely to complicate the government's efforts provide the high-profile conspiracy charges it has brought against several members of the problem. Because there was no insurrection. There was no plan for an insurrection. There was no conspiracy for an insurrection. You know how I know, America? Because with all the reportage that's been going on, they haven't provided any information about it. No substance whatsoever. On January 6th and for months after, the records show the informant, who was affiliated with a Midwest chapter of the Proud Boys, Denied the group intended to use violence that day and lent the interviews, the records say. He also denied that the extremist organization planned in advance to storm the Capitol. The informant's identity was not released in the records. Extremist, right wing, okay, fine. But can't you at least attempt, when it comes to one of these domestic terrorist left wing groups, to use the proper nomenclature? Of course not. Now the records describing the informant's account of January 6th, and I have no special... A brief for the Proud Boys. I don't know who the hell they are, quite frankly. The records describing the informant's account of January 6th excerpts from his interviews and communications with the FBI before, during, and after the riot dovetail with the assertions made by... Let's stop there. Maybe aspects of this were a riot. But you can see why the government didn't want to release all the other video. Where people were wandering around and they weren't rioting. Which is why they're charged with trespass. Maybe my correction of this article, every other syllable is taking away from it, but I do want to get to the heart of it. The records described in the informant's account of January 6th dovetail with assertions made by defense lawyers who have argued that even though several Proud Boys broke into the Capitol, the group did not arrive in Washington with a preset plot to storm the building. Well, this kind of screws up the whole narrative. They also raise new questions about the performance of the FBI in tracking the threat from far-right groups like the Proud Boys. The records provided to the Times on the condition that they not be directly quoted show the FBI was investigating at least two other participants in the rally on January 6th and asked the informant to make contact with them, suggesting that they might be Proud Boys. And the records indicate the FBI officials in Washington were alerted in advance of the attack that the informant was traveling to the Capitol with several other Proud Boys. The FBI also had additional uh, informant with ties to another Proud Boy. So the FBI was all over this. Which raises a lot of questions. Number one, if there was a pre-planned plot, they weren't told about it. Number two, the FBI was all over it. Why were they there? Because they anticipated something, correct? Number three, something bizarre as my memory kicks in here. I remember the uh, 
the FBI office in one of the towns in Virginia, uh, the NYPD had told Maine headquarters of the FBI that they were getting word of a potential attack on the Capitol building. Now, maybe that's true, but this would suggest that it wasn't this group, but even more than that. They have their informants, they're given a heads up at Maine Justice, the FBI is, and they don't do anything. They don't do anything. Prosecutors have filed conspiracy charges against 15... I wonder if Philly Bump is around, Mr. Producer. Philly, you're welcome to come on the program and, and pursue this with me. Seriously, Philly. Loser. What a, what a buffoon. I saw a picture of him. Have you seen a picture of him, Mr. Producer? What's going on with that guy? His head is like the size of Wyoming. Did you notice that? Now, in seeking to prove that the Proud Boys planned the assault in advance, then worked together on January 6th to disrupt the certification of the Electoral College vote, prosecutors have claimed in court papers that their leaders raised money to bring people to Washington, gathered equipment like protective vests and multi-channel radios, and ordered subordinates to avoid wearing their typical black and yellow polo shirts in favor of more ordinary clothes. You mean just black clothes like Antifa? The FBI had also collected incendiary social media posts and so forth. But statements from the informant appear to counter the government's assertion. That's why if you're a defense lawyer and your client has pled, you may want to do a little bit more digging. Because your, your client, I'm talking about the ones that were on the grounds and didn't even go into the building, who've been threatened with felonies and have pled to misdemeanors, trespassings, or parading. I like that, parading. Uh, you may want to take this up. I have a feeling the government has not been giving all the information it should to defense counsel and certainly to we the people and of course the media are fine with that I wonder what Liz Cheney thinks not I'll be right back let's take some calls let's go to Glenn Little Rock Arkansas the great K-A-R-N how are you, Glenn? Mark, doing fine. Glad to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Uh, when I was growing up and in the 70s and, you know, high school and college, we looked at how uh, Russians and places like that were as far as things that were reported. You know, you couldn't get the news across right. The press and other powers that be were doing things the wrong way. Yeah. So I think people right now still remember that. Who are my age. I'm 65 now. And your book is here right on time because the thing is, just like thinking about Russian collusion as far as with Trump, these things prove to be wrong. Your book is true today. Years from now, it will still be true. But now is the time for us to organize, like you said before. And here in Little Rock, I mean, I'm glad they're at our radio station that uh, we try to have rallies on things and do different things because you got to strike right now. Mr. Producer, isn't this Doc Washburn's uh, country? Our, our man, Doc Washburn, we love him. He's a good man, isn't he, Glenn? He very much is. He always says those who try to divide us are up to no good. That's an <laughs> easy, simple statement. Well, he's right. He's right. Glenn, thank you, my man. I appreciate the compliment. And don't hang up. We're going to get you a signed copy of American Marxism. Thank you, sir. Let's go to David Allentown, Pennsylvania. More in my neck of the woods when I was growing up, for sure. On the Mark Levin app, how are you? 
Mr. Re- Mr. Levin, this Mr. is the greatest honor of my life to no. speak to you. Thank you. I want to I want to say to you, quick to the point. I bought your book. I read it. I'm reading it again. It's very. It's not for uneducated people. Just take your time, step by step. Oh, and I want to buy another book, and I'm going to bury it in a plastic bag in my backyard for prosperity. Yeah. I I mean, just... I'll tell you what. It's broken America. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to send you a signed copy so you can bury that other one, but... I hear you, ladies and gentlemen, you hear him too. He speaks for us. Look how upset he is. Right, David? It's just what's happening is unbelievable. You, you don't know how much. I, I only bought two books in my whole life. The other was The Unfreedom of the Press. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I only went to community college, so I'm not, like, uh, uh, you know, educated. I had to buy those books because I had no choice, business mathematics and things like that. But your book, it needs to be, because I don't know how long this country is going to last. And I don't think it's going to last very long. But I want to bury your book, and someday someone might dig it up. Well, thank you. You want to put it in one of those capsules, I guess. But, David, I want to thank you. Don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. People have told me they've read it two or three times. You take your time, go through it. If you don't want to read it, we've got two audio available. One is uh, through digital. One is through uh, DVR. Uh, we've tried to make this on as many platforms as possible available to everybody. What is it? I met, what did I say? Oh, my goodness. DVD. Yes, it's not available on DVR. DVD. And we have a lot of trucker buddies, and that's exactly how they listen to it. That's how Senator Ron Johnson listened to it. So uh, I appreciate it very much, David. And we feel your pain and we agree with you 100%. Renee, Fairfax, Virginia, the great WMAL, where Joe Biden won that county, my old county, by like 30-some-odd, 38 39%. <laughs> and years ago when I lived in Fairfax, no. it was a Republican county. It just shows you how fast they've turned these areas. Yeah, he didn't win with my help. Um, Mark, you are my hero. I saw you at the Birchmere on Saturday night, and that Thank was you. first time I've been out in years. <laughs> we had a blast at WMAL event, didn't we? Nice event. Yes. Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. Very, very, very nice event. Um, Mark, you know. Um, of course, Larry O'Connor couldn't stop cursing. You know, I think you had one too many. I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. No, that was not bad. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. He's my you buddy. Are, yeah, yeah. You are you are a funny guy. Um, but, Why don't we hold you over? I, I stepped on your time here. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. We'll be right back, folks. Stick with us. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Yeah, that FBI office I was talking about was the Norfolk office, just for the record. So, Mr. Producer and Levinites, I'm still flirting with the idea 
of doing a new, fresh, one-hour podcast. I'm thinking, I'm flirting. You know, one of the reasons is, I mean, just because it would be fun. The other reason is I'd love to see how high up the chart we could go. Wouldn't you like to see that, Mr. Producer? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I've got Blaze TV. I've got Fox with Levin TV. I've got Fox TV. I've got the books I love to write. And, of course, I have a radio show. I don't know. My family says that's enough. You've got to give something up. Which raises another question. If you were going to give something up, what would you give up? Not so easy, is it? No. But they want me to give up something. And not eating and sleeping. Let's go to Harvey, Buffalo Gap, South Dakota. Uh, Sirius Satellite. Harvey, how are you, sir? Hey, great, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Say, I read an article last night by Mark Wayne Mullins. He's Oklahoma 2nd Congressional District Congressman mm-hmm. on the infrastructure bill. He's a good man. Trillion. He's not controversial. Yeah. Oh, he's controversial. No, he's a patriot. Anyway, go right ahead. Well, and, and he's pointed out some numbers. I'm a rancher in South Dakota, and he's pointed out that they are now including within this a tax on a cow that would be $2,600 per head. What? Now, the, the economics on this is... Now, let me just slow you down. I'm guessing it's like with fossil fuels. It's methane. Uh, they want to control what we eat. They want to control how we eat. You know, this is what I mean. I don't know if that's in there or not, because I have no independent way of knowing, but it's the sort of thing that they would stick in there to destroy different businesses and to change and control who we are. Go right ahead, Harvey. Well, understand the economics, that if a cow has, over her lifetime, nine calves, in our industry, the average that you might make per calf over a nine, ten-year period of time would be about $100 per calf. Nothing. So that means that you have a $900 opportunity that would be costing you a $2,600 tax liability and if I went and sold my cow, they're only worth about $1,300 now with the drought that's going on. She would instantly, or they would instantly bankrupt the beef industry. And the dairy breeds are being taxed at a rate of 6500 oh and $500 per head of swine. Uh, um, unbelievable. What, are the vegans in charge? I'm sorry? Are the vegans in charge? What the hell's going on here? I... We can't figure it out, but if I'm a convention of states district captain, and God bless if there's you. anybody that has been, been on the fence. But Harvey, had... Harvey, I'm guessing they're tying this to pollution, seriously. Yes. And, of course, anything they can tie to carbon dioxide, they will. Methane and so forth. And, uh, well, I would contact your two senators. I, I think Senator Thune needs to wake up and get his head out of uh, Mitch McConnell's butt and find out what the hell's going on. Well, we need the Convention of States because if it is even $25 per head, that was a tax that would just be devastating to our industry. I agree with you 100%, but I would definitely call your members and find out what's going on. I will do so. Because I never heard of this before, and I think people are thinking, well, he's a rancher in South Dakota. That's far away. Hey, let me tell you something. That food you put on your plate, it's like ranchers in South Dakota who put it there. Honestly. So uh, most of us don't like to think about where our food comes from. 
But it's guys like Harvey who make it possible. All right, Harvey, don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism, and thank you very much. And by the way, um, I like the governor of South Dakota. Gnome, right? Chrissy Gnome? I know she comes under attack a lot, but there's a lot worse than her. A lot worse than her. I mean, I'm in Virginia. Look at Maryland. Oh, my Lord, that guy's a... Hey, Larry Hogan over there, uh, Larry. And, uh, and, And this guy Baker in Massachusetts. I can go right down the list. I want to go back to Renee in Fairfax, the great WML. Sorry, Renee. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Yes, yeah, like I said, you are my hero, and I Thank thoroughly you. enjoyed your appearance at the Birchmere. Um, you know, um, I'm 62 years old. I've seen examples my whole life of virtuous people. And do you know what virtuous people do? When someone's in trouble, when there's a national disaster, an international disaster, they help them. we cannot open our pocketbooks fast enough. Mm-hmm. We cannot get there fast enough. Mm-hmm. I'm a nurse, and I have volunteered in disasters before. And if we can do neither of those, we offer our prayers. Mm-hmm. And this is, the patriots in this country are good, good people, honorable mm-hmm. people, virtuous people. And these jackasses in mm-hmm. Washington are trying to convince us that we are not good, that we're racist, that mm-hmm. we're bigots. They're trying to teach our children that they are not good. They are bigots and racists. It's infuriating. I am right there with you, mm-hmm. right there with you. I am pissed off. We are good people, and how dare they? How dare they try to say that we are not? Mm-hmm. And you know what? When uh, this, uh, if this infrastructure bill goes through and open borders, and guess what's going to happen? There's going to be no virtuous place left to go. Who is going to help when a tsunami hits? Mm-hmm. When a, a volcano hits somewhere, who is going to help? Who's going to open their pocketbooks and be able to send money to help? There's not going to be any place left to go. No, you're right. All right, my friend. And it was wonderful you were at that event. And I'll say, WMAL is a tremendous lineup. Uh, Larry O'Connor and Chris Plant and Vince, our buddy, and and the programs that follow mine and so forth. And Bill Hess is a great PD, too. Just a great station. Don't hang up, Renee. We want to give you a signed copy of American Marxism, and thank you. And I, and you certainly do uh, speak for many of us. And she certainly speaks for me, and very well, by the way. So wonderful editorial. I'm not going to read it to you. In a site called In- Issues and Insights, and I want to encourage you to bookmark it, And they say, Joe Biden, tax tyrant, tax cheat, tax hypocrite. He's all these things. And worse. He's all these things and worse. And, you know, I I listen to some of my friends, uh, 
various TV programs and so forth when I can. Talking about how the media are turning on Joe Biden. They're not turning on Joe Biden. They'll, they'll give him a little slap here and there. They're never going to turn on Joe Biden. Why do you think they keep promoting Liz Cheney? They hate the Cheneys. They hate Dick Cheney. They hate Liz Cheney. But they use them. This is what Liz Cheney will never understand. This is what none of them will. Including George W. Bush and his sidekick. They'll never get it. And they don't care. It's okay. They just want six months of 60 minutes. Six months of pat on the head. There you go. And then they self-righteously, they stand for the country. All the rest of you are a bunch of reprobates. Totally disconnected from the tens of millions of people who serve as the heart and the soul, the core of the Republican Party and beyond. Such as their hate for Donald Trump, because Donald Trump's not one of them. Donald Trump defeated them. Humiliated them. And I'm going to say this right now. Donald Trump was a far better president than George W. Bush. Don't you think, Rich? There's no doubt that he was a far better president than George W. Bush. That's the truth. And I think that annoys them to no end. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer, do you think that uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter may wind up finding this guy? Yeah, he's pretty good at what he does. And because he's private, he can actually do some things the cops and the FBI can't do, if you know what I'm saying. I'm kind of glad he's on the job. I've always liked that guy. I don't know a lot about his back. Warren Mark, you know, he used to... I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. A lot of people don't like him, which is one of the reasons I do. I'm uh, sort of the contrarian when it comes to things of this sort. The Biden administration purges Lee Greenwood from the National Arts Council. Singers God Bless the USA played at Trump rally. And I want to tell you what's going on with, uh, with Mr. Plugs in his head. They're going into these different committees and councils and purging the Republican appointees. They're not supposed to. Trump did not do that to the Democrats. He didn't do it to the Obama appointees because they serve for a term. Could be two years, three years, four years, one year, whatever it is. And they're supposed to be allowed to serve out their term. Now this is just the way it's supposed to work. But in Biden's America, which isn't America at all, they're purging people. They purge some people off of these, these various military committees. And they're suing and they're fighting back and they should. And so this is, you know, I, I want to be the president of all the uh, people. Three-letter word, people, P over. You get the point. Biden administration's purge of appointees to various government advisory boards by prior presidents, mostly Republicans, is continuing with the dismissal of country music great Lee Greenwood from the National Council of the Arts. Greenwood, who wrote the country anthem, God Bless the USA, which was a favorite of late President Ronald Reagan, has become a fixture at Trump rallies. Well, we can't have that. They need to be at Biden rallies. Problem is, Biden's rally is in the bathroom. They, 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 you know what I'm saying? He spends all the time in the bathroom. They say it's the basement. He's, he's, shoving. he's in the bathroom. 
Guy, I understand he's got a horrific case of dysentery, Mr. Producer. And until somebody tells me otherwise, I'm going to continue to believe that. So uh, Greenwood said that he has a show coming up October 12 in Huntsville, Alabama, that he has set aside a block of tickets for veterans and caregivers. Yeah, you see, a guy like Lee Greenwood, who is a true patriot, who is entertaining, who pays a lot in taxes, he's no good. But somebody wants to come into this country who's contributed nothing to this country. They walk across the border, want our health care, our education, welfare system, and all the rest. That's good, see? Don't attack them. That's good. Joe Biden, disgusting. New Ben and Jerry's favorite pushes defunding the police. Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry are worth a lot of money, aren't they, Mr. Producer? And yet they keep their money. Why is that? How come they don't live in Ramallah? It's a nice little Palestinian hamlet. How come they don't live in Ramallah? I'm curious. They're concerned about all this stuff. But they don't want to live in Ramallah. Uh, And uh, they don't support the police. So... If you're a police officer out there and you're called to help Ben and Jerry, don't. These are two yentas dressed up as uh, entrepreneurs. They sold their business. They made a fortune. Meanwhile, Daily Mail, Washington State School bans teacher from hanging pro-police flag in her classroom because it's too political. But BLM and pride banners are allowed. Okay, sue the school for content-based First Amendment discrimination. It's either no banners or all banners. That's the test. That's the rule. Sue their ass. And wear a neck brace just in case. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank all of you with your copies of American Marxism. You're the Paul Revere's. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless.